Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. With so many people claiming today to have had near-death experiences, it begs the question that we're going to answer today as we continue our series, A Place Called Heaven. And the question is simply this, are there people alive today who have already visited heaven? Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, many of today's best-selling religious books feature suspicious accounts of people who died, went to heaven, and then came back to share what they'd seen. But do these sensational stories provide reliable information about our eternal home? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress answers the question, have some people already visited heaven? Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. This month, I'm presenting what I believe may be the most important teaching series of the entire year. Decades of personal study have culminated in a practical study I've called A Place Called Heaven. Now, it's possible you may own my book by the same title. But today, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, I'd like to send you the best-selling gift book that I've written just for you. It's called Encouragement from a Place Called Heaven. This is a book of encouragement for anyone going through a time of loss, whether it's the death of a loved one or perhaps recovering from a difficult surgery or maybe going through stressful times. Heaven is our greatest hope. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a mere state of mind. Heaven is a real place that's prepared by our Heavenly Father. And my book will help you revel in this fact, and it will help you keep looking up, no matter what challenges come your way. When you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, be sure to request encouragement from a place called heaven. I'll say more about my book and other resources after today's message. But right now, we're ready to begin today's study from Hebrews chapter 9. Perhaps you've read the sensational stories about people who have stepped temporarily into glory. Well, today, we're going to answer the relevant question, have some people already visited heaven? God is calling me. Those were among the last words of famed evangelist D.L. Moody when he died in his home in Northfield, Massachusetts on December 22nd, 1899. Now, the fact that D.L. Moody died is really not noteworthy. We all die, don't we? But what made his death especially interesting was the experience he had as he was dying. According to an article in the New York Times, Moody said... I see earth receding, heaven is opening, God is calling me. Did D.L. Moody have what we commonly call today a near-death experience? Well, his great nephew, Raymond Moody, certainly thought so. Raymond Moody is the father of the current near-death experience craze that has been sweeping our world for the last 40 years. It all started with Raymond Moody's 1975 bestseller, Life After Life. 
in which Moody recounted many instances of people who either came close to death or died and came back again to relate what they had seen on the other side. Of course, there's a great difference between the experiences Raymond Moody recounts in his book and the experience of his great uncle. Unlike those today, D.L. Moody actually died. He didn't come close to dying, he actually died. But even more significantly, unlike those who claim to have had such an experience today, D.L. Moody never came back to life after he died. He never came back with a message about what awaits us on the other side. With so many people claiming today to have had near-death experiences, it begs the question that we're going to answer today as we continue our series, A Place Called Heaven. And the question is simply this, are there people alive today who have already visited heaven? And we're going to answer that question today. First of all, though, we need to define what is a near-death experience. According to the International Association for Near-Death Studies, can you believe such a group exists? But they do. According to an International Association for Near-Death Studies, the definition of a near-death experience is, quote, a profound psychological event that may occur to a person close to death or if not near death, in a situation of physical and emotional crisis. It includes transcendental and mystical elements. What is it about an NDE, a near-death experience, that is so appealing to people? I think there are two reasons we find these accounts so interesting and we buy books by the millions of people who claim to have had such experiences. The first reason is our natural curiosity about the unknown. The fact is we all have a natural curiosity about the unknown. The second reason I think these books and accounts are popular is because of our longing for heaven. All of us desire to be in that place called heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity in our hearts. We want to know what God has prepared for us. But the real question is, where do we look for reliable information? Any experience we have or others claim to have have to be measured against the truthfulness, the standard of God's word. In 1 John 4, 1, the apostle says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I don't care who claims to have an experience. I don't care how much of a Christian they are. Every experience has to be tested against the word of God. And that leads to the question, well, are near-death experiences biblical? How do we know these experiences are simply not explained by the release of chemicals in the brain to provide comfort when people are going through stressful situations? Certain drugs have been known to alter brain chemistry and give the impression of an out-of-body experience. On the other hand, if somebody comes to faith in Christ as a result of one of these experiences, or somebody makes a life-changing decision for good to reprioritize his life, who are we to discount such an experience? Again, it comes back to what does the Bible say? 
And so today, for the few minutes we have left, what I would like to do is to give you seven principles for evaluating near-death experiences, whether it's yours or someone you know. Seven principles for evaluating near-death experiences. Principle number one, remember, near-death is not death. Near-death is not death. You die once, and then the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. Then that leads to a second principle to remember. The Bible is sufficient. All of these books about near-death experiences, even the ones written by Christians, have as the basic underlying presupposition that the Bible is not sufficient to tell us what we need to know about heaven. There is more information we need to really make us appreciate and long for heaven. Everything we need to know about our eternal home is contained in this book. Number three, adding to or taking away from the Bible is condemned by God. Whenever we talk, start talking about revelation that comes from a near-death experience, we need to remember the stern words found in Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Remember, the book of the Revelation was penned by the Apostle John when he was on the island of Patmos. Some people say, well, there was a near-death experience. No, he wasn't anywhere close to death. He was doing just fine. When God allowed him to peer down the corridors of the future to see what awaited believers. And yet, God was very clear in telling John, some things you can write down, some things you're not to write down at all. But listen to the closing words of Revelation 22. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in the book. That's a pretty harsh warning. Everything you need to know, God says, about your future is found in the book of the Revelation and elsewhere. Don't add to it. And I'm afraid many of these books, perhaps written by well-intentioned Christians, are coming close, if not crossing the line of violating God's warning. It is a very serious thing to add to anything that is written in God's word. Number four, in evaluating near-death experiences, we need to question the identity of any so-called being of light. Many who have had near-death experiences say that they've encountered angels or some undefined um, manifestation of God. Some say they've even seen Jesus Christ. But whomever they encountered uh, has given them messages that completely contradict the Bible. So many times, people who've had these experiences say, we saw Jesus or somebody like him saying things like, Sin isn't a problem, or there is no hell, or all people are welcomed into heaven, or every religion is equally true. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a lie. Amen. 
Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus in heaven is not going to contradict what Jesus said while he was on earth. And Jesus was very clear. The way to heaven is a narrow road, and it's a narrow gate, and few are those who find it. Well, what about this being of light that told me that everybody is welcome into heaven and that there is no such place as hell and that all religions are the same? What am I to make of that being of light? Remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen: For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And that leads to a fifth principle, which perhaps you've never heard before, and that is beware of the occult. Beware of the occult. The fact is, many of these near-death experiences are similar to occult experiences which people claim to have had. For example, in both near-death experiences and the occult, people claim to have contact with otherworldly beings. In many cases, people who have had a near-death experience claim to have developed psychic powers as a result of that experience. They will claim to be able to engage in clairvoyance, which is the ability to see something in the past, present, or future by other than natural means. Or they're able to engage in telepathy, that is the sending or receiving of messages from another person just simply through your thoughts. Both of those things are part of demonic activity, the Bible says. And that is why it is very important to understand that there's a relationship between NDEs and the occult. And both the Old and the New Testament says we are to run from any experience that is occultish in nature. Number six, when evaluating NDEs, remember Jesus' death and resurrection are central to any true revelation from God. Jesus' death and resurrection are central to any revelation from God. You know, some people believe that the Apostle Paul, before he became an apostle, when he was on the road to Damascus, that he had an NDE, a near-death experience. Listen to the words of Acts 9, verses 3 to 6. And it came about that as Saul journeyed, he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and it shall be told to you what you must do. Did Paul have a near-death experience? There are four reasons that I know this is not a near-death experience. First of all, Paul was very much alive when this happened. He was nowhere close to death. Secondly, the light that blinded Paul was a real light. He was literally blinded. This wasn't a metaphysical light. It was a real light that blinded him and left him blind for many days. Thirdly, in telling this experience to King Agrippa, Paul never mentioned anything remotely close to a near-death experience. But finally, and most importantly, the Jesus who appeared to Paul in this experience was nothing like the Jesus of near-death experiences today. The real Jesus who appeared to Paul said, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and preach to the nations that there is salvation in no one else other than Jesus Christ. 
God called him to a ministry of exclusivity, to preaching Jesus and Jesus alone as the way of salvation. You don't hear that from most in the years today as well. And even if they are Christians, when most people who have claimed a near-death experience talk about it, their focus is almost always on their own experience rather than on Jesus Christ, his death for our sins and his resurrection from the dead and his exclusive offer of salvation. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, when evaluating NDEs, remember, the Bible doesn't record any near-death experiences. Yes, God did raise people from the dead and they had to die again. But never once did these people who were raised from the dead come back with a message of what they had seen on the other side. Let's look at a couple of these experiences in detail. For example, the example of Lazarus. Lazarus died. He was dead for four days until the Lord stood in front of the sepulcher and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came stumbling out of that sepulcher. The unbound him. He was grateful for what God had done, but not once did he tell the assembled crowd what he had seen during those four days that he was dead. Perhaps the closest illustration of the Bible of what some claim to be a near-death experience is the martyrdom of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. We read an excerpt of that from Acts chapter 7. Turn over there for a moment to Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 56. Now, when they, that is the Jewish officials, the Sanhedrin, heard Stephen's speech condemning them, they were, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed intently into heaven, and he saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That sounds a little bit like D.L. Moody's experience. Isn't that a near-death experience? No, for several reasons. First of all, Stephen's vision of heaven took place before he was stoned. If you look down at that passage, you'll see they hadn't picked up the rocks yet. He was standing there before he was close to death. That's when the vision occurred. Secondly, the vision that he received was very general in nature and not unlike the visions of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel that they saw of heaven as well. But third and most importantly, Stephen actually died. And he hasn't been back since then to tell us what is on the other side. Look at verses 59 and 60. They went on stoning Stephen as he called upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. That's not a near-death experience. That is a death experience. Finally, what about the Apostle Paul? Some say he had a near-death experience. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, he said, I know a man in Christ. He was talking about himself. But he was too humble. He didn't want to make himself the focus of this. He didn't want to have publishers knocking on his door asking him to write a book about this experience. He said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I don't know, or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, but such a man was caught up into the third heaven. 
Remember we said last time, the third heaven is where God is right now. God's abode, the third heaven. Paul said, I had an experience in which I was caught up into the presence of God. I don't know if it was an actual bodily experience, my whole body was caught up, or a metaphysical experience, but I was caught up to meet the Lord. But if you read that account, God said to him, do not utter what you have seen here. Why did he say that? Why was he prohibited from telling everything he saw? I think there may be two reasons for that. First of all, maybe God knows any human words can only diminish the glory of heaven. Human words are incapable of describing what really awaits us in heaven. That's why, for example, we're told not to make any images of God. You know why that's one of the commandments, not to make graven images? Because images, anything we make, anything we draw, anything we sculpt, it can't capture the glory of God. It diminishes the glory of God. I think that's why we're not supposed to talk about, and Paul wasn't supposed to talk about what he saw in heaven. It could only diminish the reality of heaven. But secondly, I think God kept Paul from talking about heaven because God knows if we really knew what awaited us in heaven right now, we couldn't concentrate on our present responsibilities. We might have a mass suicide party and just end it quickly. Get Dr. Madry to give us some drugs or something so we can get on up there to that place God has for us right now. If we really knew what God has in store for us, but God has a work for us to do here for the few years before he allows us to experience the reward he has for us. For whatever reason, Paul was told not to write these things down. What does all this mean? What it means is there are no biblical accounts of near-death experiences. Does that mean God could never and would never allow somebody to have a near-death experience? I can't say that categorically. I can't put God in a box and say what he will and will not do. But we have to admit, the weight of scripture is against such near-death experiences. Everything you need to know about your eternal home is contained right in this book. The Bible is sufficient. And in the weeks ahead, we're going to discover some surprising and stirring truths about that place God is preparing for you right now. It's that place called heaven. Well, I know that you are listening right now and you're longing to know more about this place God is preparing for you. After all, today's world is a dark place. And given the chaos of our times, we feel drawn to a light-filled home like heaven, where God promises no more tears and no more pain. For this reason and more, I've written a best-selling book for you. It's called Encouragement from a Place Called Heaven. Let's be real. We don't spend a lot of time contemplating the place God is preparing for us. Our minds seem to be consumed with solving problems that can't be solved. Well, my book is designed to fill your mind with the glories of heaven. With inspiring Bible verses, breathtaking photos, and words of biblical wisdom, this gift book is perfect for anyone going through stressful times. Ask for my gift book called Encouragement from a Place Called Heaven when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. 
As we close today's program, let me remind you that Pathway to Victory continues to provide our Bible teaching in the embattled country of Ukraine. When the doors opened to send a fully translated program to the Ukraine, we seized this magnificent opportunity. The citizens of Ukraine want to hear the truth of God's Word in their native language. And through this opportunity, we're able to reach Russia and Israel with a fully translated program as well. We're able to bring the light of God's Word into these dark places because of the generosity of our ministry partners. I'm referring to friends like you. So please give generously toward this incredible opportunity. As we come into the weekend, don't forget you can watch Pathway to Victory on television. On Saturdays, you can watch us at noon Eastern on TBN. And on Sunday, we're on hundreds of stations, including TBN at 10 a.m. Eastern and Daystar at 6 p.m. Eastern. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you support the ministry of Pathway to Victory by giving a generous gift, you're invited to request a copy of the best-selling gift book from Dr. Robert Jeffress called Encouragement from a Place Called Heaven. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965 or visit online at ptv.org. And when you give $75 or more, you'll also receive both the CD and DVD teaching sets for A Place Called Heaven, plus the original best-selling book by that same title. To request the complete package of resources, call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. Now, if you'd prefer to write, here's the address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, wishing you a great weekend. Then join us again next time when Dr. Jeffress answers the question, Do Christians immediately go to heaven when they die? That's Monday, here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.